Uh, if it's okay with the board, we will now move to the other public hearing, which is uh, discussion mm -hmm. item D. Are we all, all okay moving it to that one? Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. At 643 p.m., Mr. Gary Draft, president, closes the regular meeting of the Grange ISD Board of Trustees and opens a public hearing regarding the possible designate, designation of a reinvestment zone related to Chapter 313 appraised value limitation application for a Monarch Energy Development LLC. And uh, the way we did it the other night, we kind of went and uh, started on the back row and kind of went down uh, this evening. Uh, I, what I would like to do, if there's anybody that did not speak at the first meeting, would like to speak first. If not, we can do the same thing as well. Uh, yes, uh, yes, I will. And then I'm going to have Mr. Evans and Mr. Smith get up there and introduce themselves too as well and let them know where, uh, you know, what their uh, position is as well. So. Uh, and Mark Glay is our district attorney. Uh, if he will be ask, uh, answer or ask questions as needed as well. Uh, you have anything you would like to start off with? Well, Mr. President, did, did you have an order of, uh, in mind as far as did you want to hear from the, the company reps first and then the... Yes. If you might uh, allow me just maybe two minutes for me to, to share uh, for the public for some who might not have been here last week. Sure. Um, <clears throat> So, uh, my name is Mark Goulet, and I, I represent the, the school board and the school district here in the Grange and have for many years. Uh, in May, uh, Monarch Energy came to the school district and asked that we would consider an application for a tax limitation agreement. And part of that application is that uh, it is uh, for us to, to review it with the state of Texas with the control of public accounts, uh, and then for the board to be able to consider the uh, whether or not they would grant a tax limitation should this, this project come to fruition. And, and part of that uh, process is allowing the public to present on it. Um, I, won't I won't talk anything about the technical aspects of the proposed project. I'll let the, the reps do that from, from Monarch. Uh, but what I will uh, <coughs> just like to frame the issue for the public is that what the board is being asked to consider is not whether this is a uh, of the you know, the project itself is uh, the technical aspects of it, but whether this project is one that would be granted a tax limitation agreement under Texas law. Uh, should it be built, would it receive this treatment, and, uh, and then what would that mean for the, the school district? So what that would mean would be uh, payments from the, the company that would put uh, over $4 million extra in uh, revenue for the school. That's the school's interest in considering the agreement. Now the school board will, will vote whether or not to, uh, to approve the proposed limitation agreement. That doesn't mean this, they're approving the project or the project is built. That means that should the company go forward and develop and finalize this project, that it would be taxed at a certain level according to the proposed agreement. Now this agreement has been uh, negotiated by the school district, the proposed agreement, it's not final by the school district and the company representatives. It's been approved by the state of Texas, the controller of public accounts. Uh, and so the board will have the opportunity to hear the merits of, of that, uh, of the industry, the, the financial end of it, and also certainly hear uh, input from the public. Um, and then certainly the, the, the opportunity for public is to make comment 
Uh, if there's questions that the public have, then the board president can choose to, to then either answer or have those questions answered, but the, the right is, is to make a comment, not to, to question the board or, or anything else. So that's just sort of a, just to catch people up, because some folks were here last week, I know, and, and uh, others weren't. Thank you, sir. Okay, uh, Mr. Smith, Mr. Mr. Evans, if you wouldn't mind sure. giving us a little bit of detail about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, thanks for having us. Appreciate all you guys do and volunteering, being on the board. Um, my name is Alex Evans. I'm a property tax consultant. So our, our process is, is we help companies go through and navigate the process of filing for this property tax incentive as, as, as well as others. Um, and, and kind of just navigating this process and you know I kind of mentioned that it, it's it's complex so so you know years ago we had you know a, a two-page application that we filed in the state now these applications can be a excess of 100 pages so they're they're complex applications but I guess I've been filing 313s for I don't know at least 15 years and you know if you go out to the state comptroller's website you know you can see all these different projects that that receive these agreements and all these districts are participating in the chapter 313 program and there's a reason for that it's it is beneficial to the school districts so 313 in itself you know the way texas school finance works kind of depending on your district how many kids you have whether you're subject to recapture often what happens is the state will take your excess money so if you have a, a big project that comes and builds and you you would be subject to significant tax revenues if if you're wealthy in the state size they take that money from you and they they redistribute that out as they see fit the the, the benefit or one of the key benefits with chapter 313 to districts or school districts is you know you get the revenue protection payments the supplemental payments that that are monies to the district that they get to keep it's outside of your tax rate calculations and I know that's that's kind of a big deal as well with the you know the new laws that have gone into place that limit school districts tax rates so it's so all that funding extra dollars is outside of your tax rates but um, do you want to introduce uh, mr. Aaron Smith he's with monarch energy and he can kind of speak to the project itself and uh, hopefully address some concerns sure, appreciate it I apologize I'm losing my voice a little bit so let me know if you can't hear me. Um, I'm with Monarch Energy. We are a company that was founded about a year and a half ago by a few energy industry veterans. Um, those energy industry veterans have built uh, gas-fired power plants. We've built transmission lines. We've built solar projects. We've built wind projects. We've built battery projects. So we come with um, decades of experience, and we've put about $5 billion worth of uh, projects into the ground. Um, our main, uh, our main offering or project is uh, electrolytic hydrogen. We take surplus renewable energy from the grid that's energy that otherwise wouldn't be used. And we use that to create hydrogen from water, which is split into its constituent parts, uh, hydrogen and oxygen. Um, I've provided a uh, illustration of what the facility would look like in your guys' uh, deck. Case there's any questions around that um, electro electrolyzers are in use uh, around the world there's thousands of them deployed um, current uses are uh, purifying copper 
creating chloralkali, so the chlorine that you put in your pool, that's created by an electrolytic process. Um, they're used to create aluminum. There's a number of different uses, so this isn't a new technology that we would be deploying into your guys' county. Um, this is a very well understood technology. Uh, I know we've spoken a lot about water, and I, I just want to be clear that um, in order for us to get the water that is necessary for our project, we're going to have to go through a very rigorous process. Um, but there are essentially two paths to getting water, using groundwater and using surface water. We're looking at both. Um, I've included some numbers in the packet for you guys. Um, the, the, the first image is just showing the uh, lower Colorado water region, that's region K, um, so that you understand kind of the, um, the amounts that are shown in this table. Uh, throughout that region, 1.1 million acre feet of water are used per year. We're asking to use 1,500 acre feet of water. That's one-tenth of one percent of that entire uh, water region's water. Um, regarding surface water rights, uh, those are split into essentially two parts. There's reservoirs and run of the river water. Um, there's about 1.4 million uh, acre feet of run of the river water available in this region and 400,000 acre feet of uh, reservoir water available. Um, going to the next page, uh, specifically around groundwater usage, um, there are a few different aquifers in uh, this area that can be tapped into. Um, I've shown the Carrizo-Wilcox uh, aquifer there. That has about 4,500 acre feet of water um, available to it, and there are very, very, very few wells in this county um, that have tapped into that aquifer. That's because it's much deeper and it's much more brackish than the other aquifers. Um, it's, not, it's not reasonable to tap into from a financial pers perspective for ag. Um, that's primarily going to be an industrial aquifer. Um, and I think I am missing a page, but um, the total water usage in Fayette County is about 55,000 acre feet of water per year. Uh, we would be about two and a half percent of that. Um, just for perspective, uh, the coal plant uses about 40,000 acre feet of water per year. So we're asking for 1,500. I just want to be abundantly clear that um, that water is not going to be given to us. It's not going to be um, just handed over at the expense of current water users. We are going to have to show that we do not have a negative impact on current water users. One of the other benefits of our plant is that it's flexible. We can turn it on and off. So if power isn't available, we can shut off. If water's not available, <coughs> if there's a drought, we can shut off. That's one of the main reasons why we only uh, included one job in our application is because if, if something happens, if we go through a drought, if COVID happens, um, we're pledging one job during that skeleton crew time period. That doesn't mean that we're only going to employ one, one person. We can't run this facility with just one person. So um, just want to hit back on, uh, you know, this, this provides significant financial benefit to uh, this uh, school district and the county. Um, we're committed to being good neighbors. 
um, happy to answer any questions you guys have uh, <coughs> with that information. But um, you know, we do have six projects around Texas. Uh, it looks like all, I guess, five out of six are are passing with this one kind of being in question. So. Um, we're looking at a lot of different areas. We really like this area because of the existing infrastructure, the ability to access water, the workforce that's already in place that is, you know, specialized around um, the energy industry. So, um, you know, we'd, we'd really like the opportunity to uh, you know, build that plant here and uh, work with you guys on the outstanding issues. Anybody want to speak that was not here at the previous Mr. Krupa? Okay. If uh, you wouldn't mind stating your name too as well. How many minutes do I have? Uh, two minutes. Two. Uh, and I gave everybody two minutes at the last meeting. Only one person out of however many spoke went over the two minutes. So uh, we, you will have the opportunity to make comments again after the first uh, after the first round as well. So. Thank you all for being our school board. I appreciate that very much, rather than me being up there. Um, but I did want to detail a little of the information that's shown in the paper last week from Fayette County Records. And I, I appreciate everything that Jeff and the record did. Uh, taxes are, as far as I'm reading the articles, a little bit uh, not too transparent to me, to be truthful. There's one construction cost shown in there would be $1 billion. Using our tax rate that we have, that we pay, that's $10 million a year of taxes. Over 15 years, that's $150 million. $10 million, I should say. So we're talking about $4 million to be given back to the school years over 15 years. So I don't know what the construction costs are of this plan. It could be something less than that. Moving on to the power requirements, uh, the hydrogen plant called for 500 megawatts. Uh, everyone knows that FPP out here produces 1,700 megawatts at full capacity. So that's 30% of our power will be going to that plant, possibly. The solar farm out near Muldoon, 300 megawatts. Couldn't even take care of this. We have, we have problems with the grid, I think. I'm, not, I'm a civil engineer, not a power engineer. But we have issues with the power grid in Texas. And so I think that this might be an issue regarding our individual power because like the last freeze the winter of 2021 or 20 uh, it seemed to me like the people or the entities that were needing power got power whereas some residents got turned off so a hydrogen plant might be a plan of necessity and therefore they would get their power sooner than we would I don't know that to be true but that could happen Regarding water, and I know a lot about water. I've uh, been doing this 40 plus years. 1,500 acre feet doesn't sound like a lot. That's 325,000 gallons of water, one acre foot. 489 million gallons is 1,500 acre feet. Fade Water Supply Corporation, which I'm the president of the board, we use 288 million, so that's not even from 55%. And we go from LaGrange to Muldoon Cistern, near Schillenberg, Fayetteville, near Round Top, the whole area, 288 million, this is 489 million. So I do have a problem with that because it's 1,339,000 gallons per day 
or 930 gallons per minute, constantly, 24-7. The Queen City and Carrizo, I have wells in both of those over my 40 plus years of doing this. Uh, you're not gonna get 900 gallons a minute out of Queen City, I can guarantee you that. The Carrizo around FPP is 4,100 feet deep, 4,100. I'll look at that, it's 4,100, very deep. I don't know if quality of water has anything to do with your process, but if it is, then you have to do filters or treatment. That increases the water needs of the system. I know FPP has a pump station and a pipeline from the river to the plant, and they keep it full, but I, my concern is what will it do to the rice farmers and other people downstream or the river integrity itself? I don't really know. In closing, once again, a lot of these things are not to be addressed by the school board. I know that, but it's mainly for education as far as the megawatts and the water usage. Uh, so if someone else comes to you, at least you know some stuff. Uh, but I do appreciate for all the efforts you all put into it. And uh, thank you very much. So I handed one out, so uh, I summarized. <laughs> Thank you, board. And uh, I want to address something that I th don't think has been covered uh, very much yet. I think everybody's done a really good job of uh, describing the, the worries they have for. Excuse me. Uh, hey, Mr. Krupa, Mr. Easy. Hey, guys. Hey, could y'all, could y'all go mind, please, so we can hear? Thank you. Yes. Sir. Thank you, Mr. President. So uh, the the water usage, electricity usage, I think is very valid and a concern for many people. But there's two concerns that I don't think have been addressed very much at all. One is the emergency management impact on this. And the other is the homeland security impact. Uh, I've given each of you a, a packet that talks about what it would take for a fire suppression of a hydrogen plant. Uh, and I pulled this directly off of uh, the hydrogen plant industry's uh, website. Uh, and it's something I've got a little bit of experience with uh, myself. Uh, hydrogen burns uh, so hot that you can't see it. Uh, our local firefighters do not have the ability to put out a fire of that magnitude. Uh, our three closest <coughs> response uh, units are San Marcos, Austin, and Houston. And so we're looking at, at, at best, 90 minutes to 120 minutes before we could get adequate crews here uh, to, to fight a fire if there was one. That's an accidental fire, an all-purpose fire, a terrorism incident, anything of that nature. Uh, we just don't have the infrastructure at this point uh, to, to handle it. I wish we did. I wish we had that. Uh, I'm not necessarily against green or any other color energy. I think having a whole lot of different uh, sources builds our resiliency and there's probably a place for everything uh, but that place is not necessarily where we don't have uh, the infrastructure if you look at uh, LCRA for example they recognize that and LCRA does have an on-site hazmat facility they also have uh, on-site police that are a part of the LCRA uh, plant rangers that are assigned out there and that leads me to my second point so I've talked about the emergency management standpoint from the firefighting uh, the other one is the homeland security concern I have uh, and I've included an article from something that happened just last week uh, where the North Carolina electric grid uh, was taken down by a very, not very complex uh, means. Uh, someone with a high-powered deer rifle uh, was able to come in and shut down the grid for a whole bunch of people. Uh, our distinguished visitors, I don't know if y'all are familiar with this area, but there's a whole lot of people around here with high-powered rifles. And it's not very uh, hard to imagine a scenario where someone uh, was able to aim, aim a rifle at your facility 
and, and purge and have a, um, have a big incident. Again, we would not have the ability to, uh, to fight that type of fire here. Uh, hydrogen has an extremely wide flammable range. It's similar to acetylene, uh, where anything can set it off. Uh, I would urge the board, uh, before you would approve anything of this nature, to make sure that we have uh, the police and the firefighting capabilities to do this. Otherwise, it would be an irresponsible thing for the community and for uh, your students. Thank you very much. I'm going to need two extra sessions, I'm pretty sure. Thank you, board, for allowing me to have a few, two minutes and the community. The Grange ISD educated both of my sons, and they have been very successful in their life, and I appreciate the Grange ISD and Sacred Heart for doing that. And so what I am here for is not to hurt the school system, but I want to make sure the board is thinking about some things as they go forward with this decision. Um, you know, is green hydrogen production profitable? And the answer out there is no right now because most of our hydrogen comes from natural gas process, obviously makes CO2. That's a big bad booger right now with, the, with climate change and all. Um, but with the U.S. Inflation Reduction Act that was signed by the president on August 16th this year, there's now a better understanding of how to subsidize uh, hydrogen. There's a three, $3 per kilogram for green hydrogen along with a 10-year tax credit of 30 $30 per megawatt hour for a renewable energy credit. That's funded by all of us in this room. And, uh, you know, so it's starting to make sense to understand why these gentlemen want to do what they want to do. You know, what's in the contract? I don't know. I'm assuming y'all know what's in the contract when you get ready to move forward with the plan. Is there a default to the plan? They're obviously offering you a lot of money, which I understand we need and we can use. But what happens if it doesn't play out right? Who supplies the power? Green hydrogen requires renewable power from solar farms or wind farms. You can't get green hydrogen using power from the power project. It won't happen unless you play the game and do some renewable energy credits and buy power through the system and call it solar power. That happens, but it's not the way it's supposed to work. Now, who supplies the water? Gene Krupa talked about that. Now, who's going to go take the green hydrogen? You got to transport it in a pipeline potentially. That pipeline's owned by the gas people. <coughs> These guys are going to be in competition with them. So are they going to want to buy that power, that green hydrogen, and put it in their plant? Will the developer, whoever that might be, have intimate domain ability? Can they come take the property without your desire? Don't know that answer. And which electrolysis system is going to be used? There's plenty of them out there. Uh, the one that seems to be used most is called PEM, and that's got a highly acidic process with it. I don't know how many gallons are in that kind of state, stuff. Haste makes waste. I've always heard that. My concern is not having enough details on the project that you're going to get approved now or get the, the approval to move forward. Is the project a good deal? And, and what does it have to be done right now? And again, I'm gonna need some more because I got a bunch more comments. So I'll be back when other people have their chance. Yes, sir. I'm not gonna take much time. My name is Bonnell Albers. I've spent my life working for utilities, and that includes water, electric, and, and gas. And with water, I worked on a with a 
board member to a water board. But anyway, as the first gentleman pointed out, I just want to emphasize that point. 1,500 acre feet of water is a ton of water. And I am concerned, like he is, what that's going to do to Fayette County. By the way, I live a little further away. I'm representing a further, a further, uh, uh, farther northern part of Fayette County. I'm from Roundtop. I apologize, but I know what important decision you have in front of us and the impact it has on more than just right here. It's going to affect the entire area. I had a gentleman stop by me the other day and talk about what happens when their neighbors were uh, getting more water than what they really should have been, and they had to increase the depth of their wells twice already. And I heard a comment, read this in the paper as well, that uh, plenty of water in Fed County. It's too awkward. Then there's one further down. Yeah, how much money does it take to get to the one further down? I have thoughts about that, but I'm not going to get into that. Also, the first gentleman, power is a real concern. Power is a real concern. We don't know that we've made all the corrections that we should have from what happened back in 21. Now we're adding another load. And you hear all these wonderful stories. Oh, you can just turn it right off and turn it right back on. I don't think it works that, quite that way. I forget the term right now. I've been retired for a few years and I went through long COVID. That's my excuses for where I am right now. Don't ever get long COVID. It's not worth it. But anyway, what I really just want to say is I am a resident of Fed County that is concerned and primarily around those two areas of water and power. That's enough for me to add emphasis to that point and for all of Fed County. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else that was not at the previous meeting that would like to speak? Yes, ma'am. Hi, I'm Robin Haas. I'm a concerned mom that lives a few miles from the current power plant and a Texas native. Per their own press release, Lancium is Monarch's first capital infusion by an outside partner. As such, does Lancium have any say in how Monarch operates, such as a seat on their board? The reason I ask is because Lancium's focus seems to be on building large green Bitcoin mining centers using leftover energy from solar and wind farms with the help of foreign investors. Other press releases show SBI holdings of Japan and later Hanwha Solutions of South Korea as large investors in Lancium. One of the seven members of their board is from Hanwha subsidiary, which focuses heavily on solar cells and large solar plants. Given this information, I have a hard time believing Lancium or their major investors would not want to build a solar farm here in conjunction with this project. The Texas power grid is considered critical infrastructure, and it troubles me that we may be unknowingly walking a company with a large number of foreign investors right through the front door. So how much of their company or other companies involved in this project are either directly or at arm's reach, partially or fully controlled by a foreign entity? As a former environmental public health consultant for the Department of Defense and someone who fought to keep animals fed during this horrific drought, I'm keenly aware of the various environmental and economic impacts a project requiring this much water could have. Additionally, Texas Parks and Wildlife shows that Fayette County is home to 53 rare, endangered, or threatened species, not including the often overlooked Texas cattle rancher. 
What is their plan for determining and mitigating environmental and economic impacts both to the development area as well as any neighboring and downstream areas? And who will be hired to develop those assessments? While I'm a fan of clean energy, this project has a very low return on investment for the citizens of this county, as well as too many questionable outcomes to be approved for tax breaks at the current time. These include the potential to drain our water supplies, negatively impact our environment, and possibly introduce more foreign control over our power grid. Therefore, I'm respectfully asking the school board to vote no. Additionally, I hope that all of the smart, caring folks in this room would consider volunteering to help the school board find other funds not subject to recapture to help meet salary, teacher salary, and other budgetary needs. Anyone, any new audience that would like to make any comments? Yes, sir. <clears throat> I'm Randy Matura, just a resident of Fayette County. So uh, uh, I have a little bit of a different concern in that uh, I built chemical plants for 40 years. And uh, since the late 90s, we've always started where we started and we've always continued I'm retired now but we continue to pursue these tax abatements wherever I built them. I built them up and down the Texas Gulf Coast uh, my point is uh, where we build the facility is very much a function of the infrastructure access to rivers canals the Gulf pipelines railways so forth whether or not we got a tax abatement would make little to no difference where we build the facility. We're going to build it where it makes the most sense for us. And if the economics for a project were ever so thin that we had to, they were teetering on the brink of whether or not we got a tax abatement, that project would never have made it to fruition. So from my view, uh, not knowing, as has been pointed out, exactly what the project's going to be worth, how big it's going to be. Uh, I feel like it, it's, it's kind of a rush to a decision. And uh, you may be settling for $4 million. It sounds like a whole lot of money, but it can be just a drop in the bucket when it's all over with. If you commit now to, to committing to considering a tax abatement, I have no issues with. But committing to a sum of money, I, I think that that... Uh, you know, I need to take a step back. And that's really my concern. Thank you. The gentleman made a point about the, the timeline. And uh, this is really not an issue that's due to the school board or, or Monarch Energy or their application. It's due to the state law. Uh, not being reauthorized, and then so the uh, all of these uh, by order of the state, all of these deals have to be finished by this calendar year. So it's not; it, it is something that I think we realize when you talk to Monarch that typically they'd be farther along in the development stage of the project prior to. Uh, but it's also uh, possible what the gentleman said is that some projects. They're not saying we're at, they're not asking the board for permission to build a project. They could build a project. They're saying if we build a project, would you agree to some agreement on limitation of the taxation of the agreements? So two points: the the rush is uh, real and it's from the state. And number two, um, this is not 
permission to build a project. <coughs> project permissions, they, they can tell you, like they say, they have to go uh, other places to get permission to build a project. This is just about how the school taxes would be treated. Okay, any other? Yes, sir? Is it still all of those that have, um, weren't here last week? or? Yes, still, yeah, still from the oh, okay, I'll wait then. Okay, all right. You'll be pretty quick. Okay. All right, any others? All right, back row. You want to start? Anybody? All right, you're up. My name is Dick Frenzel. My family's been here since 1853. And there's some of our speakers tonight that have known my family all of their lives and worked with them. But what I see, having been in a lot of other places all over the states and all over the world, when it comes to water, that's an important subject. What I'm seeing here is that they came down here and they said that they'd already been to Corpus Christi. Well, Corpus Christi would be, would be a much more practical era, area for them to work in because the southwest corner of the city limits of, of, of Corpus Christi is right out there at the intercoastal canal with just a narrow out over that. They can get all the water they want from a full-time pipeline into the Gulf coming in at whatever diameter they want to make that pipeline. They can have all the water they want. And it doesn't cost that much to get the salt out of the water where they can go ahead and use it in their higher tech deals. What we've got to do, and if you've noticed around, the past year or so, we are getting a large influx of new members that want to bring their kids up here in our school district and in the Round Top School District. And they're coming from Houston and they're coming from California. And we've got to protect our water supply for the future of this county and its growth and the people here that are voters and taxpayers. This project, if they want to do it here in Texas, go back to Corpus Christi and do some more dealing with them because they can do it a lot cheaper than here. Thank you, sir. Continuing with the back row. Uh, I know we talked about the water usage, but I uh, got some figures from the city of LaGrange and Fayette Water, and the other gentleman had already spoke about Fayette Water, but the uh, city of LaGrange uses about uh, three to 400,000 gallons a day, depending on the time of year, and during, during a summer that's really got a drought going, maybe 1.1 million. So uh, the total per year for the city of the Grange is approximately 634 acre feet. And uh, when you add the city of the Grange and Fayette Water together, it comes to about 1,463 acre feet, which is a little less than the 1,500 acre feet or 489 million gallons that Monarch proposes to use. Uh, another thing, I guess I want to ask the board, would any of y'all invest your money in a project that is only 15 to 20% designed? You don't know where it will be located. 
and the source for the massive amount of water required has not been determined. I don't think any of you would make a ris risky investment like that. So please don't put our community at risk. Vote no. Anybody else on the back row? Mr. Taylor? Can I get three minutes this time? Yes, sir. <laughs> the lady already covered some of my questions about the companies involved. And it's not an issue about their integrity at all. It's just how long they've been in business and what they've done. I've heard a lot of things from the gentleman that I could not find on their website. <clears throat> so I'm assuming what he's telling me is true. Uh, and also about the company, Monarch, uh, excuse me, the company behind them and where their money's coming from, uh, Korea and Japan. And again, they're into some very, very high-tech computer uh, capabilities. And again, Bitcoin mining, and they, they've got a pretty good plan. They're building the Bitcoin mining facilities out in West Texas where they've got wind power a heck of a lot more than you can transmit into Texas, into the urban areas of Texas. And so they're getting power relatively cheap out there, uh, and, and they've got their computer systems that are also helping them with load management, which is what ERCOT needs, and so they're making money on both ends out there. So, uh, again, more power to them. My question, or my question to you, is are you dealing with the best possible player? And I'm talking about the project. I'm not talking about the tax incentive. Uh, just, and I didn't write the date down, but... Air Liquide and AES just announced that they're going to build a $4 billion green energy plant in Walburg County, Texas. They're going to start production in 2027. They're going to have 115 permanent jobs in operations and 200 permanent jobs in transportation and distribution. They're going to produce 200 metric tons per day of green hydrogen, worth a lot of money when you talk talking about what's going to be given to them by us, the taxpayer. Also, high core or high store Corporation from Mississippi just acquired 70,000 acres of property in Louisiana for a plant where they're going to put solar and wind farms in. So I don't know how many of those thousand acres are going to be solar farms, but I bet you it's going to be a lot. So they're losing a lot of land. And for a green energy plant to produce what they need, you got to run 24-7. I hear them talking about turning it on and off. Uh, but if you're going to truly do it with solar and wind, they really don't produce at night. So you're going to have to come in with auxiliary power from somewhere, which I assume is FPP. But it won't really be coming from FPP. It's going to be a shell game coming through the system to them because you can't use power straight from FPP and create green hydrogen. Doesn't happen by the, by the law, by the rules. Um, how does this decision impact me and other LGISD property owners? Again, where's the water coming from and who's supplying it? And as you've all heard in the past, water is worth more than oil. You can't drink the oil, but you can certainly need the water. With all the people moving, we've heard from coming into Texas, there's already a water issue. And will my taxes continue to increase? <clears throat> or at least my property evaluation continue to increase when the plant shows up? I assume it will. And will more valuable Fayette County be covered with solar farms? My wife has property out in Cistern, Texas. We've got solar farms on both sides of them. And once you put a solar farm in, folks, there ain't nothing else you're going to do with the property. Yeah, now, people are making money off of it, and I don't blame them. But I cannot understand how people would do that to their property. So my conclusion is a tough decision, and it's a gamble. 
Will it happen? Can it happen? Do you have enough information to jump off into this business? And how much money are you leaving on the table? When these gentlemen sell off this project to someone else, and they come in and build a plant like they're talking up in North Texas, you might be holding a little cup full of money where you might have held gallon jars full of money. My daddy always told me, if it's too good to be true, it usually is. And please don't let the necessary deadline cloud your judgment. Seems that the U.S. government may be supplying a better deal with our tax dollars than you are with the LGISD investment zone approval. Anybody else on that row would like to speak? We're good. Uh, next row is with Mr. Prufus. We're good. First row? Oh, wait. Okay, okay, Ms. Burke, go ahead. Zip down this whole row? Broke <laughs> <laughs> last week. Well, so did I, but here I am again. My name is Deborah Frank. I am a property owner in the LaGrange ISD School District, so uh, I do have a, a dog in this hunt. Um, first of all, to address the legislative uh, issues, the, legislat the last leg legislative session uh, chose to not renew Chapter 313 because their constituents convinced them that as a whole, this was not a good thing for Texas residents in the long run. So that's why it was not renewed and that's why it expires at the end of this year. Um, last week, Monarch told us that they do not build these plants, that you guys are just the upfront negotiators with the school boards, with the property owners, with the water districts, with the pipelines, whatever. Um, you haven't told us who is going to build this plant. In fact, last week you said you didn't know. There, but there's lots of companies out there that would want to build it. So we don't know, like a couple other uh, have mentioned, we don't know who is going to be in charge of that project and actually building the plant, what's involved, um, what type of energy they, they plan to use, how many acres that that green energy might consume. Um, so there's a whole lot of questions that these guys can't answer because they're not in charge of that piece of it. They're just in charge of negotiating up front. And then, uh, also last week, Monarch stated that if LaGrange ISD denies this application, Monarch will move on to another county. That their project is totally dependent on getting the tax abatement here in Fayette County. So you guys have the opportunity to nip this in the bud. Jeff Parker. Uh, gentlemen, I want to thank you for 
coming out from California. I want to thank the board for indulging us with this much uh, public comment time. I want to thank Deborah Frank for uh, saying one of the things I was going to say, which is respect to council, uh, but you aren't making a decision only about the tax issue. You're making a decision whether the project goes forward or not. Uh, and they have said in their application that it's not viable, and that's true of pretty much every green energy project. They are not viable in today's economy unless they're heavily subsidized. Uh, also, uh, council said you're not really to make a decision based on the technical aspects of it, but if you look at the guidance of what the board is supposed to do, I think it's a three-prong guidance. You need to make sure the application is true and complete, et cetera. I wish I'd have printed it out. I didn't. But the final one is you need to make sure that it's a, it is a good project for the district. I'm paraphrasing, but it's something like that. So that is your call to make. We're all stakeholders here. Landowners, taxpayers, parents, uh, employees, we're all stakeholders here. Now, I want to thank you for making uh, a point I would, would like to uh, attach to. I believe that uh, while currently you're saying it's fungible power, green energy in the aggregate, that's going to make this a green project, I believe the holy grail is a solar farm, a big one. And as evidence, I want to show you the first map. Now this has been widened, but one thing you'll notice on this map that isn't on the current map of the area is these white parcels of land. Those are, well, there's Fayette Lake, that's 2,600 surface acres. These are large parcels, like you'd need for a wind farm, or I'm sorry, a solar farm. This is an article I found today, New York approves largest solar farm in the state yet. New technology building, one that big. 500 megawatts, 3,000 surface acres, larger than Fayette Lake. Why else do I think that? The, the application is vague, and you need to talk to your council because this fungible power with just a couple of hydrogen electrolysis units and so forth uh, is what they say they want to build now. And I'm not impugning your integrity, but you're going to have people throwing money at you and pressuring you to build a big solar farm. Uh, I believe that's where we're headed with this. Uh, eyesore issues, transmission line issues, eminent domain issues, someone mentioned. So uh, I would caution you to do what's right for the citizens of, of Fayette County, not just for the money. Thank you. Would y'all like to speak? We've been stalled no while ago. All right. Uh, Smith, would you like to have any, add any comments? Or? If you guys have any questions, I'd be happy to One of the questions uh, that was one of the, was who is going to be your builder? I know you said maybe Black and Beach may be part of it, or right. who did you do? So on that issue, it's um, not really sure how to answer that question. I don't think anyone here built their own house. I don't think the school district built this building. It's no different. We're going to hire a construction company. Black and Beach is an engineering and construction, procurement and construction company, um, a rather large one. We'll hire a company like that. We're currently in negotiations with a few of those companies. Um, but we, we don't have a contract in place. Um, you know, we're going to set a pretty high standard on who that's going to be. This is a large industrial project. We're not going to hire. 
In the same way that you go out and buy land and decide to build a house on it, um, most people don't do that planning on building it themselves, so this is no different. Okay. Uh, yes, sir? Can I say something? Yes, please. <coughs> My name's Jason Fowler. I'm a current landowner here in town. been here since the early 80s. My family's had land out here around for a number of years. One of the things that bothers me about this, too, is we're putting the cart in front of the horse. They're not transparent on who's even going to build it. Because you know what? We have a plan. When you build your home, you contact a contractor. You have a plan to build that. This right here is just thrown out there in front of us, number one. The other thing that bothers me about this, we all know what the hydrogen bomb did to Hiroshima. If this thing out here ignites, just as Mr. Moreau talked about, you want to talk about devastation? We haven't seen anything until something like that happens. So one of the things that I want to say to you guys is we all have a part in this. We all have a stake in this. So I hope that you guys will look at what we have to say and not look at the small amount of money that you're going to get. Because from what I understand, you guys have gotten 85000 Is that correct from them? We have not. You have not. The attorneys okay. and our financial people have got, we, the district has not received any money. No. Okay. So I guess what I'm looking at is, you know what, this little bit of money is going to affect all of us and our kids for long term. So I would hope that you all appreciate that in your vote and appreciate y'all's time. Thank you all. Yes, sir. Uh, is there going to be a question session later, or is this it? This will be it. I'd like to speak. Okay. You want to please, please. This is really a speaking session rather than questions. I'm Mike Mabry, retired veterinarian. And the carrot, dangling the carrot, is what's happening here with the school board. Now, the four million is the carrot. Have you deposited the four million dollars into an escrow account? Company, Monarch? If not, when and where are you going to deposit the four million? That's my question. Do I get an answer? Or? I can, I can address that, Mr. President. Yes, uh, the, there's a I can't speak up, please. Uh, Mr. President, there's a negotiated uh, proposed agreement between Monarch <coughs> and LaGrange ISD, which is before the board, which would provide uh, revenue protection payments and, and, and supplemental payments over time. It's not a requirement that money be deposited in an escrow account, so that's not been done. And also, uh, Mr. President, I think it's probably better for him to finish his, his uh, speech and then if you have any questions, rather than have members of the public present general questions to the board or for anyone else. That's not the way it would usually work. Okay, Mr. Mabry, go ahead. Dr. Mabry, go ahead. My question? No, where are you? Well... <coughs> When and where will the full bill be deposited in an escrow account payable to the Grange Independent School District in the event of a default? 
I mean, I can't answer that. Well, I mean, it's. I mean, it, it's a question. I don't think it needs to be answered. It's not. A, it's not <laughs> part of the agreement. It's right. not. I mean, it's not a. Dangling the carrot. Dangling the carrot. Yeah. Just write the open in the check. And please keep your comments to yourself, please. Uh, any? Okay. Just a minute. They're about talking. Ken. I saw his hand first. This, kind of, this, this is kind of the school board. I know y'all talked about maybe this week taking action or if you didn't have some information toward the end of the year, but I, I don't know, maybe somebody can make a motion to take a vote tonight. I mean, we got holidays coming up and y'all have the information need to make a, a you know, important decision. I say go for it. Mr. Parker. Uh, this is just a process question. My understanding was the controller had not approved the application as of last meeting, last week. But now they have, and you have that in hand. Is it something in writing? I looked on the website and it had not been posted. Do we have? The, the controller has approved the agreement as of uh, Friday. Well, did they just, is it just a signature, or did they have any comments? Did they have any analysis with it? Uh, how does that work? Uh, I, that'd probably take about an hour to go through that process, and it's been approved, and the board will be able to consider the tax limitation agreement tonight, uh, should they should they want. To. Okay, but the question is, did they just say yes, no, maybe, or did they write something? They said up? yes. They said yes, and nothing else, no analysis. I, I don't have the document in front of me, but it's available. It's a publicly available document. The, the documents that the board uh, okay. would approve is before the board. And uh, again, yeah. sir, I, I don't want to get into a debate with you. This is a time for public comment. And uh, I think if Mr. President will recognize you for public comment. May I make a comment? Then? Sure. Okay. I don't want to get in a debate with you. I just want to know, is there something written down that you all, all who are making the vote have in your packet that is the analysis of the controller because he is to analyze such things as whether Monarch is a viable party in this. That's my question. And that's what the work that I've been doing since May, sir. No, that the, the controller. Well, again, this, I can't answer okay. your question right now, so it's a comment. I'm not getting yeah. yeah, we're good. I, I can answer to some extent. We did receive uh, an email on, I think, Wednesday. I, I let the council know. And it says that this plan has been approved by the comptroller. It's met the requirements set aside by this 313, the whole legislate, legislative uh, session that met and, and built these. But it didn't have an analysis in particular. I'm sure it's the same letter that every school district uh, received saying that their 313 was approved to go to the next step. Uh, it just said that this is a business that, according to the application, meets all the criteria of the 313, and, and at this point, we're gonna move forward. It also states on there that if, if the business, Monarch Energy, does not fulfill any of their part of the deal, then it's over. So, but as far as an analysis of Monarch in itself, no. It was just simply, they have met all the requirements needed to apply for the 313 and we approved it. So okay, that's not on the on your website or we, on we the got this website. Wednesday and uh, I think it was Wednesday when I talked to, to
to Mark, and so it happened after the meeting on Monday. But that was the that was the next step that needed to happen. Was uh, in, in order for the and y'all got to understand, we've said this from the beginning. We've tried to be as transparent as we can. We're all taxpayers here as well. We all have the same feelings y'all do. Uh, whether it's yes, we understand there's money coming into the district for this, but we're not going to take money at a cost that. Uh, is going to be detrimental to our community. That, that doesn't make sense for us to do. Uh, and I told it last time, I told everybody last time, next year our school is going to open regardless of monarchs here or not. We're going to have money to pay for things we need to have regardless of monarchs or not. Yeah, would it be nice to have an extra four million to be able to pay for some things that, that we desperately need? Yeah. But we're not going to make a decision based on things that uh, we just want the money. So I know people say, oh, don't consider the money. We're not, otherwise we wouldn't be having these conversations right now. We want the input from the community. We want to know from other taxpayers, including ourselves. I'm a taxpayer here in Fayette County. Uh, I don't like our water as it is. It turns everything different colors. We got issues with it before Monarch even gets here. Those are things we need to address as well. What's wrong with our water to begin with? But this is just simply a time for us to consider all the way up through there. We've, we've checked all the boxes off to get to this point to hear from the community, to do all the paperwork, to now make a decision on where we're going to go with this. And that's all that's happened up to now. We're going to probably make a decision sometime here during this meeting, and then it'll be done, and we'll go from there. But uh, we are going to use all the information that we received from you all. We're going to use information that we've received, we've looked at, and, and we're going to make the great decision for LaGrange ISD, for the city of LaGrange, and for the county of Fayetteville. So that's what we're going to do. And, and Mr. McKenzie, can I, I think that was a real good clarification and, and that the analysis from the, from the state is not about the industry itself. No. It's just about whether or not it's a proper tax limitation agreement, you know, as far as the technical aspects of that, not about the aspects of the industry. Ms. Frank? Yeah, just for clarification, that $4 million would be paid out over a 15-year period, right? Uh, yes, there will be a, a lump sum uh, after like year four of like two point something million. Yeah. The rest of the payments will be like 180 something thousand a year for until the contract's over. So it's not like you're going to get a, a fat blob of four million dollars. No, no, we're not. Yeah, we're not under that impression that it's four million and we're going to spend. No, Mr. Taylor. It's a question that I don't know if you can answer or not. I tried to study all the information that was put out. But my real question is, on the tax abatement, if the plant is a million, a billion dollar plant or a four billion dollar plant, is your ability to tax limited at a certain point, or does it ratchet up, ratchet up depending on the value of the plant in, itself? I, I can, I can okay. address that. The, the, the proposed agreement does, uh, does contemplate a certain level of investment, and if the investment went up in, in other uh, agreements we've done with other school districts, there has been an adjustment in the, the payments made to the school district based in an increase on the project. So I'm just speaking about other other deals where the project got bigger than it was. Is uh, the limit that I read in there 360 million? Uh, the value? And then there's a big block that's blocked out, blacked out, you know, kind of not too much transparency there. I couldn't figure out what that was all about, but there's something there that be nice to know. Uh, and also, the, the, the negotiation process is based on, correct me if I'm wrong, the, your, your population of your school district. 
So whether it's Samsung coming in with a $30 billion company or the new Chevron coming up on 71 with for a million dollars, it's still gonna be based off of how many students do we have and it's a number derived from that. So that four million, I know sometimes you say, well it could be more if y'all wait on that. There's a formula that, that we used to, ne to negotiate and there's a little bit of wiggle room. Uh, but as far as that piece, it's based on the, your students. So a larger district that has more students can negotiate a larger price if the company has a, a larger value. Uh, so there's some limitations as far as the negotiating piece, but there have been under these 313s when a, when a project ends up being bigger than what they originally planned, where they come back and renegotiate that as well. Which, which we, we wouldn't be able to renegotiate. Right, because it's fixing the end on the 31st. Any more public comments? Just yes, ma'am. One more thing. My name is Connie. Uh, Can you say your last name? Sacrament. I just want to uh, want to make note that I contacted Representative uh, Ben Lamont's office to get uh, his take on what's going on here in Chapter 313, and uh, he declined to comment. Then I called uh, Stan Kissman, who was our newly elected representative and he has no idea what Chapter 313 is. So really, we're not really representative, represented very well in the legislature, and we'd like an opportunity to readdress Chapter 313 in the next session. Well, thank you. Well, it will be readdressed. Yeah. It'll be different. Yes, sir, just one last comment. I just want to reemphasize. Mark Sacco. I spoke last time. Um, I, I, I want to reemphasize the point about this project only being 15 to 20 percent uh, design completed. And I know as a stakeholder or as a board member, there's no way I could approve a project not really knowing, you know, the full capacity of what this is all about. And, I, and I'm still wondering about, you know, <coughs> You know, the whole, the whole issue here with this hydrogen uh, is all about, you know, climate change in the end. I mean, that's really where this whole, you know, the windmills, the solar panels, I just think on a large scale it doesn't work. And for me personally, uh, I think climate change is, is uh, not really uh, there. And... Uh, I say, please vote no. That's my final comments. Thank you. All right. Yes, ma'am. Can I make one more comment? Yes, you can. Thank you. Um, this is some information that Charles Murray had sent to Mr. Mahaslet. And uh, just food for thought, uh, the following article came from Forbes titled, Remembering Solyndra. How many 50 $570 million green energy failures are hidden inside Biden's infrastructure proposal. For example, Solyndra, $570 million taxpayer dollars wasted. Abound Solar, $401 million tax dollars wasted. Call Solar, $280 million taxpayer dollars wasted. Fisker Automotive, $193 million taxpayer dollars wasted. 
A123 systems, 132 million tax dollar wasted, and ABB Inc., 12.6 million tax dollars wasted. So, this is just another rip off of the tax. Yeah, dollars Any other comments from the public? Yes, sir. One last question. I've heard a lot of people saying no, but I've not heard anyone say, please vote yes. So I think you've heard from the community, or at least this community. I don't know what you've heard outside here. <coughs> hopefully you represent the people who came to talk. All right, any other public comments? Yes, sir. My name is Cliff Geezy. All I want to say is thank you for the board for being so patient with us and listening to us. And thank you for the general public for your your sincere and candid and objective, well, most of the time, most of the time, objective comments. Thank you all. Thank you all. Place. 
if the project gets built. The project very well cannot be built. Um, so I'm not sure exactly what the concern is around um, our credibility. Non-credible parties don't get $500 million to build projects like this. Thank you, Mr. Smith. Appreciate all y'all. Genuine concern, community members. Thank y'all for coming in. I have a totally no, different and, uh, and asking and talking. Uh, believe me, your voices are taken into consideration. Uh, I like that y'all took the time out to make sure that y'all were heard. I appreciate the board sitting here and giving y'all the opportunity as well because uh, you know this is this is a huge decision. You know, it's a huge decision and. Uh, I want y'all to know that the board doesn't take anything like this lightly. And uh, I thank y'all for coming in and, and being cordial as y'all are presenting, because that, that makes it really nice when y'all are presenting facts, y'all are presenting y'all's opinion, and you're doing it in a professional way. And that, that makes these meetings a whole lot more pleasant. So thank y'all. Uh, same goes for me too as well. Uh, Mr. McKayson made the comment that, you know, we are going to make the decision what's best for the district, but we will also make the best decision what's great for the community as county wide as well. So, uh, just to let you know, we heard y'all. Uh, we heard y'all last Monday. We hear you tonight. Uh, with those comments, um, since there are no comments from the public, I, Mr. Gary Drake, been closed the public hearing at 7:51 p.m. and we will reconvene to the regular meeting. And uh, we just to let you know too, we do have it uh, on our agenda to make a decision. So you're more than welcome to stay. You're more than whatever you would like to do. Uh, but we will continue on with our meeting. Thanks. Session at 9:25 p.m. on December 22nd, 2022. Uh, just to let everybody know. I mean, we uh, we did come up with a decision. Uh, we will have a uh, motion in the second here in a little while, but I just want to thank everybody for their comments, concerns, questions, and uh, for everybody being here. Thank you, Mr. Smith and Mr. Evans, for y'all being in attendance as well. We really appreciate y'all being here in person, so thank you so much. Uh, you know, this closed session was not all about Monarch. We had a lot of personnel to discuss as well, so just want to let y'all know that uh, that's what we were talking about. So. Anyway, uh, can I have the two motions, please? Mr. President, I move that LaGrange ISD Board of Trustees issue Sean Hinkle a school district teaching permit as required by Texas state law, and that notification be sent to the Commissioner of Education. Second. Motion second, LaGrange ISD Board of Trustees issue Sean Hinkle a school district teaching permit as required by Texas state law, and the notification be sent to the Commissioner of Education. Any more questions or comments? All in favor say aye. <coughs> All opposed, same sign. Okay, motion carries. Mr. Chairman, I move to decline the agreement for limitation on appraised value of property for school district maintenance and operations taxes with Monarch Energy Development, LLC. Second. I have a motion second to decline the agreement for limitation on appraised value of property for school district maintenance and operation taxes with Monarch Energy Development, LLC. Excuse me, Development LLC. Any more questions or comments? All in favor say aye. aye. All opposed? Same sign. Okay, motion carries by five to nothing vote.
Uh, any other questions or comments for anything on the agenda? Okay, meeting is adjourned at 9.28 p.m.